This week on Thingamabob. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's just a glass ball. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Witch mummies. Annie Deb. Huh? Stay tuned for more. Baseball bats and gallon cowboy hats and more. Magic rings and other nerdy things in store. Listen on in, it's time for Thingamabob. Better tune in, it's time for Thingamabob. Thingamabob! Well, hello, Bree. Well, hello, Josh. Hello to everybody listening. And welcome to Thingamabob. This week's theme is witches. Twin witches. (laughs) Oh, no. I was going to plan to play a little song, but because my computer has all the audio recording equipment plugged into it, it wouldn't play. Did you change tabs or just not play? I changed tabs. It's it's not playing. playing. through your headphones? (laughs) Yeah. It's just Season of the Witch. By, um, by Donovan. Nice. It's fine. The joke Aww. didn't land. It's my thorn Double. of the week. <laughs> Double. Double. Yeah. Here we go. That that's, is your thorn of the week. Probably a better. No, it's not really my thorn of the week. I just realized I haven't even thought about my rose and thorn of the week. We should do that. Yeah. I kind of have. I have a silly. Uh, I have a stem. Give me, give me the silly stem. <laughs> What's <laughs> your silly stem? It's of not the a week? rose or a thorn, but today, <laughs> um, I so I've been working doing construction at a school, little <laughs> high school, um, for set building and stuff like that. And it's not something that I'm like completely proficient. Com- proficient, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm decent and competent at it. Uh, and I don't know what the TD was expecting, but I think he was expecting a little more. And a professional, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps someone who should be paid <laughs> to do this work. Uh-huh. Um, so my stamina this week is that I'm not being rehired. <laughs> Which is kind of like, okay, because I feel not great at the job and kind of useless. No. Because I think what I think what they wanted was like to tell me to do something and then have me just go do it. Mm-hmm. Um when instead I'm better at helping. <laughs> like <laughs> you I can require use, supervision. Yeah, I can use all the saws, all the tools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if if you just say, "Okay, here are the here's we need slats. Just go put them up." Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Where? What? <laughs> How long?" Yeah. You just need slightly more detailed instructions, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think um yeah. It was it was a very the bye the goodbye was <laughs> was it was so great meeting you. <laughs> and that is never a good sign. Right. Not on a first like date, a, not after us. a job. We'll call you. <laughs> Yeah, very that. So that's my stem of this week. Wow. <laughs> no rose Great. or thorn. <laughs> I don't think, I Great. can't think of one. So that's it. Okay. A, give us your rose, Bree. Sure, I'll give you my rose and my thorn because it's the same thing. Oh. So we have a very a truncated rose and thorn I'm the stem and you're the rose and the thorns. Together we're a beautiful rose. Together we are Team Rocket. Um, team Rocket. <laughs> blasting yeah. off. My thorn and my rose are the same thing because it's that I'm back from vacation. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing and a bad thing. I am sad to not be on a tropical island anymore, but it is also good to get back to my life. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. 
Yeah, there's there's good and good and bad with both, and that's it. Vacations are always long enough. Yes, I would say I would say it was mostly long enough. We we had a lot of activities planned on this vacation, which was so fun, and I would not trade it because I got to experience a lot of things. But we didn't have like a ton of time built in for just like lounging, mm-hmm. and so I could have taken like an extra couple of days or so to just like hang out on a beach. But um, sadly. Life must go on. <laughs> Life must go on. Did you, I missed it. Did you do airtime while you were on vacation? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't tell anyone. It's like not a, you know, it's not an hourly job. It's like a clock. When I'm, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to include this or not. I'm supposed to at least stream for two hours and I didn't tell them that I was going on vacation because I don't think of myself as like an actual employee. It's like f- freelance work kind of. So I just didn't mention it and we'll see if I get in trouble. I don't know <laughs> if anyone will say anything for me not uh, You'll just be so active streaming. this week. Yeah, I'll just, I'll stream for like 24 hours this week. <laughs> Watch all the Harry Potter it. movies with me. That would be fun. I think there's like a licensing thing that we're not allowed to actually That's do that. But, probably true. But I would enjoy it. Yeah. Watch it's... all the Harry Potter trailers with me. We could do a Harry and did Potter it leave up to live up to the expectations of the movie? Wow, Josh, you should work for airtime. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. I could. I could do a room this week. I That's, feel like that would be uh, so fun. Well, and it is. It's Olivia would love that too. October, and we're trying. I mean, on the podcast, I don't know True. if you've noticed or not, listeners. We're trying to do some like fun fall spooky sort of content for the whole month of October. Yeah. Um, and airtime's kind of trying to do the same thing. So that would be fun if we had like a little Harry Potter room. You could come on live with us. You I wouldn't... might. <laughs> I don't know. Depending on when you do it, because I am a busy bee. You are a busy bee. This week. Yeah. We'll which is see. another reason why I'm okay that I'm not going to be rehired for this yeah. job, because I have other work. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, that's a... Uh... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> work, work life. <laughs> work Great. life balance, am I right? Just like witches. They got a hex <laughs> and um, brew potions. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the witch's hat. Ooh, perfect. History of the witch's hat. Um, Do you have a witch's hat? I don't. I used to. Oh, I was going to say I thought you did. I I don't know. I might have had like an actual witch's hat once for Halloween costume. I did for a little bit have like the hat from the like the Mickey Mouse Fantasia sorcerer's scene. Oh, where yeah. Where he's like the sorcerer's apprentice. I yes. had that hat. I don't know why. But I, I did too. But I did. And I was a warlock for Halloween three years in a row. Wow. I was an outfit repeater. I loved my warlock. I, okay, this is something that I am very prideful of, and it's very stupid oh. and probably shouldn't be prideful of. Wait. Every single year I have a different Halloween costume. I have never repeated a Halloween costume, at least to my knowledge, unless my parents put me in the same thing when I was a child. Okay. Way to flatten, after <laughs> I admitted I don't repeat it three years in a row. I, I think I did, like... Uh, bend the rules a little bit. Like, I think I was a witch one year, and then the next year I was a sorceress, where it was, like, different, but it was kind of the same. So the rules were bent, <laughs> but not broken. <laughs> Wait a minute. They Maybe are different. Little... They are different, and I'll t- I'm going to tell you about how they're different What a today. good segue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the witch's hat. Uh, the theory of the witch's hat is kind of widely... Disputed is a strong word, but people basically people have like different theories about where it came from, and they don't always agree. 
So the witch hat, uh, in its most literal sense, is just an accessory that was commonly worn throughout history by many different types of people and in several different styles, and it predated any sort of magical context that would later be applied to it. So finding the origin of the witch hat is really more about combing through history to find the switch in meaning for the accessory rather than the start of the accessory itself. Um, when did it stop being a hat and start being a symbol of magic? I want to know. I'll tell you. Okay, so uh, as I said, there are several theories. The earliest one that I'm going to tell you about is just like physical evidence related, um, but there are some caveats tied up with it. So uh, one of the earliest evidence-based things that we have about witch hats was discovered on two mummies in Subeshi, which was an area of China. So the mummies are dated between the 4th and 2nd centuries BCE. They're very old. And they were buried wearing tall, pointed black hats that look very similar to the European ones that we now associate with witches. Um, There isn't much more on these mummies in relation to witchcraft. I'm sure there's a lot of information about them outside of witchcraft, but it didn't relate to today, so I didn't write it down. Um, But that's kind of the only info that we have on, like, witch-related things uh, with these guys. We obviously found these mummies after the idea of witch hats came into existence. Uh, So in their own time, these hats could have been any or, you know, they they could have meant anything (laughs) at the time that they were buried. Um, And we've just, like, projected onto them that, like, those are witch hats. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Witch mummies. Um, But we don't actually know. So that's theory number one is that it could have dated back to, like, way early China. And that's when they started wearing witch hats. But we don't have anything that really ties that to any of the other theories that we're going to talk about today. The second, more popular theory originates in medieval Europe and the rise of anti-Semitism in Central Europe and specifically Germany. Interesting. Yes. We're going to get into some heavy stuff (laughs) right away. Uh, So in the year 1215, the Fourth Council of the Lateran passed a law requiring all Jewish peoples to wear something called a Judenhat, also known as a Jewish hat or a horned skull cap. So previously, this hat was willingly worn by Jewish men, only men, as a symbol of pride in like themselves or in their religion. But the iconography of the hat was stolen and twisted into a method of maliciously labeling and belittling Jewish people. Not surprising. Not surprising. Um, the if it's rise, so recognizable. Right. It's very recognizable and already related to Judaism. It's just they took the meaning as something of pride and turned it into like a forced like badge Mm -hmm. basically um so the rise in christianity simultaneously brought a wave of anti-semitism and a fear of witches they grew together at the same time um often entangling the two and charging both groups with similar crimes most often heresy both witches and jews were thought to work through the devil and the horned skull cap was used to punish those who were accused of one being jewish to criminals, uh, first-time sorcery offenders, which were always men, which is a very specific distinction. Sorcerers were men and witches were women. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christian women who slept with Jewish men. Those are the, the only people <laughs> who had to... Oh, no. They, they were the only people who had to wear the hat. Um, what's ironic is that Jewish women never wore this hat and witches as we just said were specifically at this point in time only women 
that's like the history. I just want to mention that really quickly that historically um, the phrasing is very different, whereas like post 1900, which can refer to anyone who chooses to practice witchcraft or wants to or whatever. Um, but predating this time, it's like super gendered. So witches were only women or female presenting people and sorcerers or magicians were only men. So that's just just to clarify that. That's why I felt the need to distinguish that I was a warlock. Exactly. When I dressed up like a wizard or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like warlocks and wizards and stuff where it was like very different, which is we're only allowed to be women. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> so the theory of the Jewish hat uh, could absolutely be the source of some witch related history. However, the witch hat as we know it today is really an English invention. So like the wide brimmed, tall, pointed, stiff, like conical shaped Mm -hmm. hat um, is English. And in medieval England, Jewish people were made to identify themselves by wearing a badge, not the Jewish hat, which leads us to our last theory. And that is the transformation of the iconic hat as a fashion accessory into the witch's hat as we know it today. So by the end of the 1500s, there was a women's fashion trend for tall, conical, flat-brimmed hats made of wool felt. This hat was worn by women of all levels of society and lasted through the late 1600s, so it was around for a really long time. At the peak of its popularity, uh, around the mid-1600s or early 1600s, a new religion was formed in England called the Religious Society of Friends, known today as the Quakers or Quakerism. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So the Quakers uh, were thought to be a threat to Great Britain and the Church of England as they believed in more independence for their women, including having female ministers. They didn't believe in heaven or hell and were accused of being sexually promiscuous. They believed that God was experienced directly by each person and that people were not inherently sinful. They didn't believe in tithes to be paid to the church, and so they were financially a threat as well as a threat of everyday beliefs and the way that society had been progressing so far. So because of these specific liberties and beliefs that the Quakers allowed their people, specifically women, uh, they were often accused of witchcraft. So Quaker women bore the brunt of these accusations, and by the mid to late 1600s, there was a boom in anti-Quaker pamphlets and prints that were being made. In these were printed images of Quaker women who were always dressed the same, with a neck handkerchief, a black dress, aprons, and a tall black hat. Uh, Around the same time, fashions had been changing because we'd had, like, what, like a century of the tall hats being in fashion and being popular. Things were changing. Uh, Women were no longer wearing clothing that was sort of like a feminized version of menswear, including uh, the hats that they wore. But Quaker women weren't really keeping up with these latest trends and fashions. And so the continued use of the tall conical hats and out-of-date clothing further led into the idea that Quaker women were bucking traditional gender norms and roles. They were seen as being too independent and therefore scary, and so the accusations of witchcraft grew. Wow. Yeah. Um, So the iconography of the modern-day witch hat really took off in the 1700s, which just for reference was 500 years after those anti-Semitic laws in continental Europe were passed, so a lot of time has passed between. Um, And it also took place, This the image I'm going to talk about, uh, took place after Quakers had, for the most part, stopped wearing the tall pointed hats. So the first known depiction of a witch wearing the traditional black flat brimmed tall hats uh, comes from a book called 
Buckle up. It's a very long title. (laughs) The History of Witches and Wizards, giving a true account of all their trials in England, Scotland, Swedland, France, and New England with their confessions and condemnation. Wow. And it was published in 1720. So as we discussed, the hats had kind of fallen out of fashion by the late 1600s, and the Quakers were sort of trying to step away from that imagery of themselves that was it was sort of like bad bad press you know so they yeah. had kind of stopped wearing the hats by 1720 but then this book was published um and it was really popular in england and england was still incredibly anti-quaker and so depictions of quakers and witches wearing the exact same dress became confused uh as one and the same thing wow. so a quaker sort of became synonymous with witch at this point in time But by the 1750s, uh, as I had sort of mentioned earlier, there was a complete turnaround in how Quaker women were depicted by themselves, possibly as an attempt by the Quakers to get rid of the bad publicity. So an image was published of the new Quaker woman who was dressed in a more modern style. And instead of being depicted as a preacher or um, a minister and being really independent, she's posed really demurely and she has no audience around her. (laughs) Instead of the old style of the black hat, she wore a simple black headscarf. Uh, but the damage was kind of already done. And uh, That's such a shame. I know. Quakers were, were tied into being witches, which is sort of where we get Ugh. all of that, like the Puritans versus the Quakers in colonial America, where there's, you know, witch hunts and yada, yada, yada. Um, so as we move into the 1800s, the image of the witch is solidified with their hat, dress, and the riding of brooms, uh, but it moves away from being an actual threat to society to something sort of more aligned with storybooks. So this correlates with the late 1800s Enlightenment period, where the focus of the day was shifted away from the church and more towards science, political freedoms, and more equality amongst the sexes, or at least more respect between the sexes. (laughs) Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) So as time passes, people sort of learn and and go away from, uh, you know, (laughs) beliefs in witchcraft just because you're, you know, making beer in your backyard or something. (sighs) Um, and in 1900, The Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum was published. The book featured the Wicked Witch of the West wearing a tall black pointed hat and solidified the idea of witch clothing in society's eyes. Wow. I know. Really? Yeah, because at this point, you know, fashions change and things are forgotten. So the idea of the witch hat could have totally been lost to just like a historical fashion aspect. But because this book was published and it did so well, and in 1939, the movie version was published and it was the first movie to ever be in color. It was such a huge deal um, that it really solidified like the image of what a witch looks like in society's eyes up until today. It's very interesting. It's a lot of influence for one little movie. It is a lot of influence. It is. Um, and what's funny, this is not related to the hat at all, but apparently in the book, the Wicked Witch of the West is not green. She's just a witch, but she does have the hat. And then in the movie, they decided to make her green. And I'm not sure why, if it was just because the movie was going to be in color. And so they yeah, wanted something they wanted to be something... like different and fun and I don't know, shocking or whatever. Oh, I could see that, yeah. um, but she wasn't green in the book. And the plot of Wicked. The, exactly, yeah. The whole plot, the whole plot of Wicked <laughs> wouldn't have been relevant. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's the history of the witch hat. Wow, and almost the history of witches. Sort of. I do. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was doing my research, um, I watched this 
really amazing YouTube video by a creator named Abby Cox, and it was a, a dress historian, something called a dress historian researches the history of the witch hat. It's in the show notes if you'd like to watch it and check it out. It's very well done. Um, but she really talks about how you can't do the history of the witch hat without talking about the history of the witch. And I did a very shortened version because we were focusing on the hat today. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want more information about the history of witches specifically, you can either watch her video or if you would like, um, I might put it up as Patreon content. And I think last time we said we put out an Instagram poll and we never did. <laughs> I don't remember what the subject was, but we talked about it oh. this week. <laughs> I will. I'll put up. I'll put up uh, on the Instagram if you would like to learn more about witches or not. And my feelings won't be hurt if you say no. So. <laughs> <laughs> I only asked people about candy corn if they ate color by oh, color. Oh yeah, yeah. I and don't it remember. became a whole double stuff thing all over again. <laughs> I, I can't trust my friends. I, you just have very strong opinions, Josh. I don't know what to tell you. I don't understand how more people. Just eat color mm-hmm. by color. It's so silly. I didn't mention it last week, but I have done that before. I didn't want to tell you because... <laughs> because now I'll never trust you again. <laughs> I don't do it it's every time. Over. But I have before. Anyways, I'll put up an Instagram poll. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep, that's I'll that. make sure to vote. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> color by color. Okay. <laughs> All right, Brianna, are you ready to use your inner eye to see the future? <laughs> use your inner eye to see the future. Yes, I am. Crystal ball, baby. Yeah, I'm so. I know nothing. I'm very excited. Yeah, I didn't either about like the actual history of the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Just that they were used, but crystal balls are used to practice divination in Harry Potter, which that <laughs> quote was from, and by the Wicked Witch of the West, who we heard about in Wizard of Oz. I forgot. She, she has had that one. giant crystal ball. Yeah, she like watches the monkeys go, right? Yeah, oh, and, and she watches Dorothy through it and yeah, stuff like that going I down had, the yellow brick I road. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. I know. Wow. Yeah. And fun fact that crystal ball sold for $129,000 in 2001. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which is, I mean, that makes sense. That movie was so iconic, as yeah. we already discussed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So because of these kind of things, the crystal ball can be associated with witches, but actually, even though I'm doing it for the witches episode, it's more often associated with what is referred to as the seer mm, or yes. fortune teller. Yes. You know, so yeah. that's kind of where we're going to dive into today. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what was originally called scrying is the practice of gazing into certain things like water and mirrors, mirror, mirror, Ooh. on the wall, <laughs> crystals, and things like that in order to gain a perspective on a situation or inspiration or personal guidance. Nowadays, we associate it with finding out about your, if you, you know, use your inner eye to see the future, mm-hmm. or can you tell me what's going to happen here or whatever. Mm-hmm. But originally, scrying was only really like, just kind of, kind of like a, a good example is like a tarot card reading mm-hmm. or getting your astrology um, chart chart Red, I don't know <laughs> whatever your birthday is <laughs> if you're a sag um, yeah getting that read it's more about kind of not just the future but kind mm-hmm. of your life and inspiration and maybe you're struggling with this do this you, those kind of things mm-hmm. less about tell me what's going to happen mm-hmm. kind of situation one modern day scryer Gina Jean <laughs> <laughs> 
Gina, Jean. <laughs> I was like, it can't be that. <laughs> I haven't said it out loud yet. Uh, says that the point of using a crystal ball is for empowerment and guidance, as opposed to the future reader like I talked about. Now, crystal gazing was practiced long ago by the Pawnee, the Iroquois, the Incans, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Chinese, and the people of the Yucatan. Well, that's everyone. That's everyone. That's all the people. <laughs> everyone gazed into objects mm-hmm. to hopefully find out about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, people also, you know, we heard about, like, gazed into fire. And mm-hmm. maybe the smoke told them visions or they got high and saw <laughs> visions and then told yeah. people that we were in danger. Right. They went to a wellness spa. And... They went to a wellness spa and they gained inner peace right. so then they could have better clarity for their situation. Like this kind of thing is just a thing. Um, <laughs> so, of course, we have this beautiful spherical object mm-hmm. that is like perfectly round. You can see through it. And because the way it works, it refracts like images all around it Mm -hmm. so you can kind of see a lot of things in the room and the people in the room and this can be helpful to kind of see images Hmm. and certain things like that things can get kind of meld together like tea leaves where like you sort of choose what you're seeing exactly that's exactly correct yeah but also i heard too that not just that but the crystal ball users um like the seer or the clairvoyant person actually is inspired by the crystal ball. So mm-hmm. you might not see, if, I, if I'm if i giving you a reading, mm-hmm. um, you might not see anything that's in the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. I might not see anything that's in the crystal ball. But while I'm looking into the crystal ball and just seeing, you know, perfect glass and things reflected and stuff like that, I can go into a trance <laughs> and then predict and see the past and uh, <laughs> so what you're telling me is the ball does nothing it's there it's, for appearances it is there for a show <laughs> okay yes all right Spoiler <laughs> it's just a glass ball <laughs> or a crystal or uh, sometimes dark obsidian which oh. i think is kind of cool maybe it's i'm not a crystal person but maybe crystal people are like it focuses your energy that's and exactly like, right you know it allows you to like whatever well, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that it, I said a silly version of that. Yeah. It's like more the person who is going to, you know, is, what is that? It's not just clairvoyant. There's another word for that. Uh, psychic? Psychic. Okay. You know, <laughs> where the person's psychic and it, they're just getting inspired or. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, he, the healing energy of crystals. I don't. Yes. Do you believe in that? <laughs> Email us at thingamabobpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Okay. So let's go on. So the earliest recorded evidence besides like. You know, all all those people I had mentioned who have done this kind of thing for forever of crystal gazing emerges in the Iron Age with Celtic Druids. Oh. <laughs> me a song. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Now, <laughs> Druid means oak seer. Oh, what? Yeah. Oak, Which, like oaks, the tree. Oak, oak. Yeah. Oak seer. S-E-E-R. Uh-huh. Like the, you know. You the... see oak. <laughs> Got it. No, like seer is in a person who is clairvoyant. Yes. Yeah, you <laughs> see, oak, <laughs> um, and they would actually do these kind of ceremonies in the forest, surrounded by oak trees. That's uh, why they're yes, called yes, yes, druids. Yes. Anyway. Oh, that, I never knew that. Yeah, fun fact. Fun fact. And they're healers, advisors, spiritual guides. Druids are somewhat mysterious themselves because they ne- left no record mm-hmm. of themselves. But we can hear oral accounts from Julius Caesar and Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder on <laughs> divination by Druids occurring before 600 CE. Yeah. I feel like if we were ever to make merch, it has to be Pliny the Elder. 
No. It, ha- it has to. <laughs> he's our he's our mascot. <laughs> and just a list of the things he's <laughs> yeah talked about. <laughs> it'll be it'll be like a band show uh, T-shirt where instead of listing the cities that the band is going to, we list the episodes that he's that he's given us mentioned on. on. Actually, that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the druids, as written in these accounts, were sort of responsible for organizing religions and sometimes judici- judicial procedures in. British, Irish, and Gaulish societies. What's that last one? G-A-U-L. It was a, like, not maybe like Providence, or it's Providence, yeah, or a country that existed Mm -hmm. um, near the mainland of Europe. Okay. So European history... Things were not what they are today. (laughs) Yeah, that's all we need. (laughs) Yeah, there was a giant... uh, territory that was called Gaul. Oh. Oh, Which is where Gaelish comes from, I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, it's probably not related, but Galway in Ireland. Galway! It's spelled differently, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. G-A-L. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's it's Gael, because it's Gaelish, right? Gaelic? How do you... No, because that's G-A-L-L as well, right? It's G-A-E-L-I-C. That's... Whatever. Okay. Either way... I'm... I'm... (laughs) de-roading us. I don't know. I just don't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) So in order to do this, uh, seeing, this scrying, if you will, the druids would often gaze into water as, and as described by Pliny, a certain ball uh, to help them see. This ball could have been made out of barrel, which was a mineral that was kind of greenish, um, like a crystal type of mineral mm-hmm. made into a sphere and polished for perfect reflection. Mm-hmm. So crystal balls aren't just glass. Like mm-hmm. I talked about the obsidian one. Yeah, there crystals. are other ones. Yeah, <laughs> where they're actual crystal. <laughs> where they're just polished so that you can see reflection in them. Yeah. I guess the perfect way to describe like the druid is that that old guy in town who is the advisor, the all-knower, mm, where yeah. everyone takes advice from him. The giver. The giver, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also like it was said that if a druid, a druid was so respected that mm-hmm. if they went and stopped, like if people were in the middle of battle and they came out and they were like, "Stop," mm, they, would they would stop. stop. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So like they're like that old man that everyone trusts and is like he's so wise, you know. Got it. Got and they're it. just doing like freaky ceremonies in the woods <laughs> with crystal balls. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh my God. Expose yourself. <laughs> Now, this probably would have continued longer if it wasn't for the Roman Catholic Church, (laughs) who condemned seers and this kind of crystal gazing. Mm -hmm. St. Augustine wrote in 426 CE that crystal gazing was entangled in the deceptive rites of demons who masquerade under the names of angels. The Roman Church really came to ruin all the fun. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, that... They're just doing the same thing when it comes Mm -hmm. down to it, because these people were seeing maybe visions of how to advise the religions Mm -hmm. and the society of the time. And they were doing the same thing, but they they called it God instead Yeah, I was like, how do I say this and be PC? They were doing the same thing. (laughs) It's impossible, but they're essentially doing the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the real thing, is all religions are pretty much the same thing. It's just what iteration would you like it to take? Exactly. You know, it's just spirituality at its base. So (laughs) (laughs) the Druids were wiped out completely, Mm -hmm. which is why we have no uh, evidence of them besides the people that mentioned them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
They were the only things that got wiped out. Crystal gazing and crystal balls got lost to Western culture and a little bit of time in general until until the mid 11th century when a book now titled Picatrix is written in India that mm-hmm. synthesizes old forms of magic as legitimate practices. Ooh. And one of these things was crystal gazing. Yeah. Yeah, so that was happening not necessarily in Western culture, but in Eastern culture. Mm-hmm. And this was combined with the Romani women, who between the 9th and the 14th century migrated west and brought trades with them to practice and sell along the way to make ends meet. And this includes the, like, trope of the traveling, you know, I can't really say this word anymore, but Mm -hmm. Romani woman who Mm -hmm. would wear, like, maybe a head wrap and have bangles and would be over her crystal ball. Esmeralda. Esmeralda. (laughs) Literally, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In, like, maybe in a covered wagon kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And just set up their little crystal ball with a silk tablecloth and then do these things. That's where that comes from, is all these women who are migrating and kind of doing that along the way to make money. Mm -hmm. Also, Wizard of Oz, the man in that who, when she runs away from home, Mm -hmm. she meets that guy who's, like... Uh, I don't remember his name. He's like something the great or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's got his little wagon and he takes her inside and tells her fortune on a crystal ball. I was <laughs> I was thinking earlier when you started talking about uh, crystal ball the crystal ball and the large one, yeah. stuff. I was like, wasn't there a scene in The Wizard of Oz with a nah. crystal ball? Yeah. When she's still in Oklahoma. Yeah. But okay, so it's in it's with a guy. Kansas, not Oklahoma. <laughs> What's you guys wrong with me? Seen my face. I literally, I said it and felt that it was wrong, but it was like, what? I the way can't. I just had an out of body experience. I heard Oklahoma and I went, I, I'm living in the upside down. It's fine. You said it with such confidence, too, <laughs> I really that did. I was like, wait, was it Oklahoma? It was, really we're not in Kansas. We're not in That's Oklahoma a anymore. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> They'll believe you. No, it's Kansas. We're not, Toto, we're, we're not, not in Oklahoma, Oklahoma anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't gonna be me Annie no more. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> this is enough. Okay, yeah. This episode is off the rails. <laughs> yeah, he is basically replicating what the Romani women looked like or whatever, just as yeah. a white man. And yeah. he puts on a turban and kind of appropriates that style. Right. They didn't wear turbans, but, you know, it, they came from India. So, mm-hmm. or wait, they didn't come from India, but, like, some of that culture did. Mm-hmm. And so... And some people in India still did crystal gazing and stuff like that. And I'll talk a little bit later about why he might have worn a Mm -hmm. turban because of a certain gentleman later. Uh But, yeah, so that kind of thing was happening in that movie, which is a little like, oh. I mean, (laughs) typical U.S. history, just appropriating other cultures. Yeah, and it kind of, like, makes fun of it, too, because he's, you know, he takes her little bag and pulls out her photo of um, her and... Annie M. Mm-hmm. Annie and... Deb. Huh? Annie Deb. Oh, from Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> so Westerners adopted this uh, practice by influence. And so a couple people I'm going to mention, Merlin the Wizard, who may or may not have actually existed, <laughs> used a crystal ball as written in history. Also during the 15th century, some crystal balls were worn around the neck of wealthy women. Ooh. And this was a form of crystal gazing where you could just like hold up the, 
You know, you can kind of see this in mm-hmm. certain movies where they have the talisman mm-hmm. and uh, like look in it and see if they can see the future or demons or angels or something sure. like that. Yeah. And graves were dug up that actually showed wealthy women having these kind of necklaces mm. with them. That's just where the evidence comes from. <laughs> <laughs> And then in the 16th century, John Dee used a crystal ball with a traveling scryer, Edward Kelly, to advise Queen Elizabeth I, <laughs> where they claimed to communicate with angels via a dark obsidian ball. But it was probably demons. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, they used the ball to advise Queen Elizabeth for quite a while until Edward claimed that the crystal ball said they could share wives. <laughs> <laughs> And John Dee was... Actually, there's evidence in a diary of John Dee that they actually did trade wives. I hate men. I hate men. Oh, my God. Yeah, he literally looked in the ball and was like, oh, it's telling... I'm getting visions. (laughs) Sleeping with your wife. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. I know. Yeah. Even in the 16th century. (laughs) Men are unstoppable. Truly. They never change. They never change. (laughs) In the early 20th century, Claude Conlin, also known as Alexander the Man Who Knows, had a theatrical show in which he would appropriate the culture of Mm. early fortune tellers and wear a turban. Um, So this is where maybe that guy got influence in Mm, The Wizard of Oz. Because actually, it was happening around the same time. Because you said it was 1930-something? The book was published in 1900. The movie came out in 1939, I think. Well, either way, this guy was very active in the early 1900s. And his show, at one point, he was the highest paid fortune teller. So he was so popular. So I'm sure that was a direct reference of this guy who was a sham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who just did it for audiences. Yeah, well, I I don't know if if that character is in the book or not. So it could have been. Could have been. It was only only influenced the movie. Could have been. After... um, after he would do this act uh, where he would get audiences to ask him questions in little envelopes before the show, mm. and then he would t- answer the questions with his crystal ball in front of the whole audience during the show. Mm-hmm. And after he retired, he released a book that revealed the tricks and said how he deceived gullible audiences. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so yes. Period. Okay. (laughs) Another person, Jean Dixon, in the 1950s became a famous psychic. She was given a crystal ball in her youth, and she's also famous because she predicted the that a Democratic president would be elected and then assassinated, Mm. and immediately after JFK. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Luck. (laughs) Yeah, because she predicted a lot of things wrong too. That always happens. Yeah, yeah, you got one, you know, it's like um, darts. There's Yeah, there's some book uh, the, that came out sort of recently. I think it was within the past, like, 10 to 15 years that a psychic published where she predicted the pandemic. And it was, like, that was, like, the one accurate prediction in the book. And then she said that it would happen again in another, I think it was, like, five to ten years that, like, we would have a second pandemic within the same amount of time. But every other prediction that she's made in the book so far, like, hasn't come true. So right. it really is. It's like throwing darts. It's like, what's really going to stick? Uh, and the, cl- like, the clout she'll have if it does come true is so annoying. I know. We'll see. No matter how much she's gotten wrong. <laughs> in a few years. <laughs> um, another thing that we see is fortune-telling machines. Like oh, the yeah. famous Zoltar in uh The Princess Diaries? Oh, in Big. There's a fortune-telling machine. Is oh, it? there is a fortune-telling machine in... Wait, maybe not. No, I'm thinking of the arm-wrestling machine. 
No, but there is like a when she loses the arm wrestling, there's that gl- clown behind the glass that's like ha 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 ha. Oh yeah, I think so. But I don't know if that's fortune telling or not. I don't know. Either way, there is one in Big mm-hmm. starring Tom Hanks, <laughs> in which he you know gets a little fortune from Zoltar speaks, and they have Zoltar at Coney Island right now. Do they? Yeah. Wow, we should visit. We should visit a appropriated. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I take it back. That gets Sorry. M- coins from us <laughs> <laughs> to tell our fortunes. Take it back. <laughs> it's like paying for a fortune cookie. Yes. <laughs> so not only have crystal balls been used for divination, but they also have been used for science. In 1853, John Francis Campbell and a couple decades later improved upon by Gabriel Stokes. Together, they invented the Campbell Stokes Sunshine Recorder. <laughs> <laughs> because of the glass sphere being like, you know, like magnifying glasses, yeah. like burning ants. Yeah. Because it's like a, a refractor of sun rays, it can actually burn objects through the mm-hmm. um thing. And so what they'll do is they have this like perfect glass sphere somewhere, period. <laughs> and it's kind of on what looks like a globe axis. Mm-hmm. And around it is a piece of paper that has, like, markings and stuff like that. And it detects the sun's intensity throughout the day. Because the way the sun moves, it refracts through to this piece of paper. And it burns the paper along a line. Or maybe burns it at certain times and then doesn't burn it at others. So you can kind of get the intensity of the sun. Which was quite useful back then. But it's still a little bit useful now for knowing how intense the sun is for crops. 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 And I actually read that this might explain why um, seers use crystal balls. Mm. Because because the way the refraction works, like we talked about earlier, they can see things. But I actually also read, and I'm like, maybe I don't believe it, (laughs) that they could have a substance that's flammable near the ball or underneath the ball. And uh, there was actual recordings of... Like the w- a way to use a crystal ball, and it was at a certain time you have to use it when the sun is directly at this angle, mm-hmm. which would make sense then that if the sun is like shines through the ball and ignites that like flammable substance, it creates a smoke mm-hmm. which can then appear in the ball mm-hmm. or around the ball, and then be like, This is why the crystal ball is now having this cloud of smoke that looks like magic, but mm-hmm. it's actually science. Ah, interesting. There's always science behind certain that things. That is always the explanation. Yeah. Is it magic or is it science? It's yes, always it's science. science. <laughs> it's always science. Yeah. And also, too, because the way the like things work, you can put a tarot card near it and be like, I see death, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a tarot card reflecting <laughs> the thing. Um, and that's the end. Wow. That was so fun. Mm. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. And thank you so much for listening. If you have any theme suggestions for us, send them over to thingamabobpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram at thingamabobpodcast or on Twitter at thingamabobpod. While you're there, give us a follow and please subscribe to our show on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Please leave us a review. It really does help us show up on the iTunes charts and the Noon Recommended page. Make sure to join us next week where we accidentally release a demon into our house by playing with a haunted doll. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us because now we are all two things smarter. Bye.